been a great year for the Melbourne Football Club, let's yeah. be fair. I've yeah. heard lots of people, I mean, they're clearly going to finish fourth, <laughs> let's hope they do, because they're going to play the Easy Beats <laughs> in that first weekend of finals. But uh, it's been a fantastic season, and all by all reports and by all yep. measurements, they're going to roll on to win their second premiership in three years, which uh, is a mighty achievement <laughs> Jeez, for a team that uh, haven't won one in 57 years before that. <laughs> But uh, to talk us more, one of the absolute legends of the Melbourne Football Club. Gee, it was fun watching this bloke play uh, throughout his career. Um, he ended up on the Sydney Swans list, so I thought, you know, let's just get him on for the Melbourne City game. Uh, and that is a superstar winger, Stephen Tingay. G'day, Stinger. Oh, mate, you've glorified me. <laughs> you are, no, I haven't. I could have gone on for 20 minutes, mate. I'm not sure the superstar tag fits that well with me, but I at least had a go, so that's the main thing. <laughs> well, you, you, you run second in the beat. Evan was an All-Australian in, you know, in you know, 94, so you did a lot right. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of good years there, and then I got a long-term contract and I stayed at Melbourne, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was a, well, basically... I'm a life member of the Melbourne Football Club, so I'm very proud of that. Um, I've probably missed more than what I played, but again, I tried my guts out to, you know, be the best I could with a few probably debilitating injuries that I probably inherited, so it's okay. It's all right, mate. I'm, I look back on it and go, some people don't play at all, so I'm very, very lucky. Well, you, yeah, did, and you played for a great club. I mean, obviously, Melbourne, uh, during your career, were, you know, ups and downs. You started with the team was flying in the back of the 80s and early 90s and then they, they dipped a bit and then um, ended up, you know, you're playing in, in prelim finals in 98. So, I mean, it would have been some sort of journey. Yeah, well, I played under Northey, um, Barham, Hutchison was in the middle of that and then Neil Danaher and then I went to Sydney and Rodney Ede was the actual coach then as I, I was trying to be a player. I didn't play any games there. But then I went back as a full-time fitness assistant under Rusey and, and um, was a strength and conditioning coach there. So and I've been around a bit. I've been back at Melbourne and I went to St Kilda about uh, 12, 14 years ago. So mm -hmm. there's probably three clubs that I support, but the major one, and especially because they've been successful lately, is probably Melbourne. Well, of course you are. Because you, you'd, you'd be killing me if you, you said something else. So. <laughs> don't, don't do that, Stinger. Um, tell us about your coach. Don't tell us about your coaches. I and mean, obviously, you did say you're under Swooper, but um, your best footy was probably played under uh, Neil Baum. Um, would that be correct? Yeah, Barmy, Barmy was fantastic. Um, Swooper was great, and for the times where we weren't really that professional, everyone had a job, or not full-time professional as a footballer, uh, Swooper was all about us against them. So that that was interesting, being so young and probably a little bit... Um, I'm a sensitive type of bike as well, so when you cop a spray back then, Jesus took it hard, walked around the tail between the legs for a while until it got professional and you realised that's what you needed as your feedback. Uh, Barmy, Barmy was a bit more relaxed, and I love playing under Barmy, I suppose, because I was out on the park a fair bit and got a fair licence to do what I wanted to do, and that's no disrespect to Barmy or the way he coached, it's just, I suppose, the way the cards dealt with the time, and they fell my way, and I had a bit of a licence, um, and Neil Danner came in when it became full-time, so learnt a fair bit about game plans and predictability, which was probably what I was after in the latter half of my career. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It's, I just want to touch on the 94 season. I mean, Melbourne finishing that prelim um, over in Perth and obviously the, the big loss there. I mean, back in those days, the Eagles were flying, so you really couldn't beat them over in Perth. But that whole season of yours you put together was just amazing. Was it, I mean, what, what did you put it down to? Just a, a full big pre-season you had or was there other things? Uh, no, I always had good pre-seasons. I was... I had hip dysplasia so and bad back, so I never ran a lot. So mm. for me to get out on the park and get a couple of seasons together, like 93 and 94, um, a bit of luck's got to go into it as well. But I had Chris Jones, who was the fitness advisor back then, and Steve Lawson. But Chris Jones knew that I could get enough conditioning in um, off legs which was not having to run and it would transfer over into footy so he probably saved my career in a sense of um, that you can have cross training through football and still be able to go and do a running sport or a professional like football and still get results so I was very lucky I had someone probably understand my body and then I probably learnt at that stage what after six, seven years of doing it, what really works for me. So mm. that's when you become a little bit knowledgeable on, and I'm now still in the same industry, I'm a personal trainer, but knowledge on the sports science side of it, what works for individuals. So I probably just got it right for me back then, but then, you know, you lose your way a little bit and then you come back to the um, what works for you. But 94, again, a great team around us. We played in a prelim in Perth, one of the first ever ones. And that the downside of that is that we actually left on a Wednesday. That was when, you know, people, we left on a Wednesday to play on a Saturday. We spent a lot of downtime in Perth. So we ended up, used a lot of nervous energy and got a little bit stale by staying there for so long. So I've had the time again. Sometimes we probably would have flown on, on the, over on the Friday and just played the Saturday. So you live and learn. We, we a lot of people went to the casino or went and watched movie two movies at once because they'd left their job for two or three days and then just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, we were on the other end of the stick trying to still learn as we were playing the preliminary final in '94. Yeah, yeah, and it was sort of it was downhill from there for the Melbourne Footy Club for quite a while, um, <laughs> unfortunately, and and you know ended up with being the wooden spoon in '97. So, I mean, did you remember what what sort of went wrong from that time? Really, I think oh, you get a bit complacent, mm-hmm. um, and mate, mate, maybe we've just been successful coming off um, uh, Barmy, just doing what Barmy does, and appreciate the players for what they do. We didn't have a super superstructure, but we had some great players around us: um, Gary Lyon, Todd Viney, you know, Steins, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a handful of names that just uh, were fantastic players. So. Natural talent probably got us through a little bit as well. And then 98, we went back into a prelim, I think, against North Melbourne under Neil Danaher. So when we got structured up a little bit, we went to school for six to eight weeks and basically learned how to play a game plan. So it was one extreme to the other, but I don't think he could pinpoint anything. We had a number of chronic injuries, which probably would have been myself. I think I only played three games that year. Gary Lyon had bad back and the Ox. And yeah, 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 we've had some bad luck along the journey. I have to say that the demon curse got us a few times. (laughs) 
Yes, it did. <laughs> I felt every one of those losses, not to be fair, uh, like yourself. But 98, you mentioned that year, it was, it was great. But um, one of the players that retired at the end of that year was Jim Steins. Um, can you... I mean, I, I loved him as a, as a player. He, he was one of my heroes, like yourself. But yeah. tell us, um, what, what was it like playing with Jim? Jimmy was the worst trainer you've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he saved every ounce of energy and ability to re- recover his body during the week to play 244 in a row. <laughs> and that's what we like about him. Like he would be. He wouldn't even bend over on the track if someone couldn't hit him on the tip. So he saved every ounce and, and saved his back and then performed like a magician on the weekend. And yeah, he's still a result that Jimmy had. I don't think many other players had other than, you know, players that I named before. So, As a personal yeah. trainer, Sting, does that just blow your mind? Uh, no, I know how it works. Yeah. I do now. I know how it works because you, you've, you've got to get trust that comes from the coach so uh, and I used to do it a little bit at at Sydney you sit there and or when you're on fitness staff and the main concern is when you're in professional sport like a contact um, high velocity sport like footy and you're running and colliding and doing all that is the first question I suppose during the week is what's the injury list and then the next question is are they going to be able to play Right. Yeah. So what what happens between after the game and then getting into the next week, I suppose, is up for the high-performance area of every footy club. But the main concern is from the coach is, you know, will he train and will he be able to play or when's he going to train and will he play? So the majority of it would be what percentage is he likely to play? Yeah. So I get it. I get it because... You don't perform a training. You train on. The, you perform on the weekend. So if you overcook it during the week, then you got you, your recovery curve is all at sea, and you never actually perform properly. You're already you already cooked before you play the game. Yeah. This is where we get back, back to in late eighties and early nineties. Sometimes we got flogged out at Waverley by Hawthorne, and then we were summons to the Junction Oval at six a.m. to run around the Albert Park Lake, no matter whether you had a corky. You had to walk or jog or whatever. So things have changed a lot in 20-odd, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously it would have, but, gee, yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, waking up after such a loss. It would have, uh, wouldn't have tickled during those runs. Oh, no, and we, we all liked a good time back in those days. It's a bit, it was a bit different. We all yeah. celebrated our wins, so, you know, because they'll probably suit so far and few between. Um, and not knowing the outcomes a lot of the times, so we weren't super, super successful or were very hot and cold. So we all we all went out of beer and, and enjoyed life. But not, not to extreme, but, yeah, we all would run, probably run around the run around Elwood Park Lake with a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can, you, can you take us back to the day um, Cameron Schwab came up to you? Or maybe he didn't even mention it to you. Uh, but the new, the, when you found out that Melbourne were after Peter Matera? Uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed or all that at all. Really, oh, I didn't right. know. They got very yeah, close by all reports. I think it. I think it kept. Yeah, it was kept pretty quiet. Yeah, I think Gary Lyon might have known about it, but I, I'm not sure of that to be honest. But he wanted to come to Melbourne. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah you. you I wouldn't have got a game. No, you were. No, well, that was the All Australian team in '94. You were on one wing and he was on the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played on him a few times. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, he would have just run you ragged, I suppose. Uh, 
I've played on him a couple of times later in my career, but the 94, I actually played on him in that prelim. Now I'm going to pump up my tyres. Go on. <laughs> I think I had 11 or 12 on him in the first quarter. <laughs> I hurt my knee. I did a cartilage in my knee in the second quarter before half-time, and then I don't think I went back on. Yeah. And then the funny story goes, 98, I think I was, um, I think I was meant to start my first game back on the pine, and... Uh, Daniel Ward actually got sick or injured himself the night before, so we're at breakfast the next day, and they've come up to me and go, and I just went quiet and went, oh, oh, and they go, yeah, Wardy's out, you're going to play on the tier. I said, right, eh? Let's sit down at breakfast and we'll get a plan, because he can run. Yep. So I played five, ten metres in front of him, and I think it was one of our most underrated teams that went over and beat West Coast. Yes. And I played on material either, um, probably, I think, in the back pocket. Oh, mm. right, eh? Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Hmm. So, playing on... Well, how have you seen the, the winger as a position changed over the years? Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, we saw the evolution of it, um, and it's become a really critical part of the game now. Yeah, I mean, it's just a running athletic game now. Yeah. Um, I wish I played in these times, to be honest, but also... I stutter at how they pick their all-Australian team out mm. of position as well. Yeah. That's what staggers me. I think maybe in my time, and I, I was lucky I played on the wing, and I've been... I hate, to be honest with you, I grew up in Shepparton and hated playing on the wing. Hated yeah. it. Really? Yeah. Where were you playing? Mate, I played half or Shepparton under-18s, which we were... Champions and premiers. I played half forward, but most of the time on the wing, mate. All I did is get a sunburnt roof of the mouth watching the ball. It's like <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Just watching the footy go over and watch everyone else get it. But I suppose in the long run, it taught me how to play on the wing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was very lucky. But I'd like to see it traditionally the all Australian team actually picked, you know, for the wing because now there's a 6 6 6. You've got to keep your position. Uh, I know the game's different when it's flowing, but that's what I'd like to see. But everyone's a midfielder now. Yeah. Not, not too many aren't. Like you've got and Pally, who's probably the best player in the game, 6-4 as a midfielder. <laughs> Oh, yes. So, no, well, I think the best midfielder in the game is a guy called Petraco. But anyway, we'll move forward there, Stinger. Um, just, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. I had a, a listener, one of my mates, a Melbourne friends, have, has, um, has asked me to ask you, what, was it a pane of glass that you fell through? Was that at the start or the end of your career that you got injured by? No, I was 20. I fell through a glass um, door, door when I was 20 and I cut the nerve in my wrist and also I severed my right thigh but like, yeah, everyone says oh it was due to, due to that injury that I finished my career maybe it contributed but I've got hip dysplasia so that just means your actually top of your femur doesn't stay stably around in your pelvis so mm-hmm. that's why I never ran pre-seasons yeah. um, and, and I rode the bike a lot and I probably did weights to make, make sure everything was in tune but yeah, no, that was 1990, mate. And then yes. I played every game that year. And then I think the next year I played about 12. But, yeah. So yeah. it was a bit of a rehab, rehab process from then on. But on and off, yeah, I, mate, I've got to just say I was pretty happy to play. Yeah, well, you played 162 times at yeah. the D, so you, did, you forked out a pretty good career with that sort of start. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, your, your premiership story um, for the D's. Uh, as, as a club legend, you probably couldn't fly over to Perth and we were all in lockdown. Uh, tell us about your premiership story. Oh, mate, I was, I'm a pessimist from a long way back the way they've been playing in, in the last few years before that. So, <laughs> You're a Melbourne person, so I understand. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, it comes with your birth certificate. Yeah. Um, so I sat at home and watched it myself. Yep, you're right. Yep, and when I'm going to cry a river if they lose, I'm going to cry a river if they win. <laughs> Ironically, uh, the bomb went off at about the 19 minute mark of the third quarter and they rolled on. Yeah, well, won by whatever they won by. Mm. Yes, no, was 74 was the end. Uh, yeah. Stinger. Uh, yeah. We should know that number, uh, to be fair. Um, <laughs> now, you also, I mean, you, you're obviously a personal trainer, as we keep mentioning. Uh, were you happy with uh, Devin Robertson's rig on the weekend? <laughs> Oh, jeez, he didn't, uh, he wasn't quick to put his jumper back on. You would have been the same, I reckon, Stinger. <laughs> I would have left it off as long as I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's, there's vanity and there's arrogance. I wouldn't quite say I'm arrogant, but I'm like, you know, that's what I do for a job. <laughs> so, uh, appreciation. Are we still in TikTok, Nick? Nick? Um, Oh, I'm okay. I'm a lot lighter than what I was. I'm probably a little bit less. Uh, yeah, I'm more. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if not better. So <laughs> I'm now. I don't have to knock people around and try and split them in half at 35 k's an hour. So yeah, I, and I train to what I need to. So I've got a bit of residual injuries and a bit of a hip replacement. All all the sort of stuff that ex footballers have got. And yeah. I'm probably pretty lucky that I am a personal trainer and. I do a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you look after yourself. Okay. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well, if, if we needed uh, to have a personal trainer, you open for a business at all? I mean, what is your business? Yeah, I'm, I'm Bayside and I've um, been working from home for the last three and a half years since the pandemic. I was with um, Sam Woodock, the bachelor, in his facility along the Pen Highway, but uh, now I'm, yeah, just work, work for myself and I have another partner who works with me from home, so... Yeah, it seems to work around around Bayside. Uh, yeah, so anyone that wants to get in touch with me we should be able to get in touch with me through your show, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm hoping that we reach uh, people to listen. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't get too many people. I'm pretty busy, and I take um, some younger um, school footy boys, um, for, and I'm, I do speed, agility, um, and some fundamental footy stuff. Uh, and I do, and then I cross over into the strength and conditioning area. So that's what I've done uh, pretty much uh, my whole life since I finished playing footy. Other, mm. other than working in football as a strength and conditioning coach, oh, that's what I do. Well, fantastic. You'd be the best at it, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> tell us, though, Stinger, uh, how do the days go uh, this year? Uh, do we take home the flag again? Uh, I have for a long time. My, a lot of my mates go, yeah, they're not playing that well. We have played well without having a great team. All, all year we've sort of sat there in fourth position or close, never had the greatest team, never had a full four-quarter result as in performance. I think we're sitting pretty, to be honest, without being biased, and yeah. we'll get a couple more uh, benefits back in, Fritz and a few other people. So, you know, there's people there that are putting pressure on. We've got a great... Um, Listens, uh, list with some substance and a little bit of support behind. You know, you've always got to have people pushing up and putting pressure on, and I think we've got that at the right time. A lot of my friends said, oh, 
Collingwood and Port are going to play in the grand, I said, in the grand final when Collingwood won by four points. I said, no, I don't reckon. I think they might have peaked a little bit early. So mm. I think we're on the right track anyway. But you've got to have a bit of luck. A lot of luck. Yes, we do, yes. we do. I used to think we could talk for hours, I will be fair, but uh, we'll, we'll leave it there, mate. Um, really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Um, it's an absolute thrill for me, and hopefully we can stay in touch and see the Ds uh, lift the cup from the last Saturday in September. Oh, no doubt we will. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye. <laughs> Stephen Dingo. <laughs> Oh, what That's a champion. 162 games for the Ds, 84 goals and uh, All-Australian.